poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, Brad Wilson, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, and I am joined on Tactical Tuesday, like always, except for a few episodes there in the beginning, by John. John, how you doing, sir? Doing well. Uh, got some more 1K hands for the audience today, uh, like usual. Um, we didn't talk about the theme coming into this episode, but I think the theme should be whether or not to go for thin value on the river. Um, both of these hands, I definitely did have that, or did come to that decision. Um, so yeah, we'll just, I guess, run through these two hands and see if you think I should have done anything differently on the river. All right. I, I think there's possibly another theme, but we can talk about that you know, after we break down both of these hands on today's show, but yes, it's river opportunities. Um, should you be value betting? Should you not be, uh, so yeah, let's dive in. This first one is blind versus blind. You've got a good hand, black aces. One might say the best hand in no limit, Texas Hold'em. The small blind opens three X and you, 3x, they're 3x to nine big blinds with aces and villain calls. Looks to be a rag in the small blind, at least to you know, my knowledge. They have 100 big blinds. Uh, that's all I had to go off of there. <laughs> so very limited data points, but would just assume that like most villains at 1KNL are rags in general, I think. So no reason to believe otherwise. Uh, flop is five of diamonds six of hearts jack of hearts again you have two black aces there's 180 in the pot both of you have 910 behind villain checks and you start out by betting a third i guess we'll start here on your decision to bet a third on this flop any other sizing choice available um not for me i mean i think you could go if you're like a little bit deeper or you wanted to play a slightly different strategy playing half pot here in position i think is totally reasonable too but i i would be totally indifferent if someone told me like i had to bet a third or i had to bet a half pot in this spot sure all right so you bet your third villain calls a third and we see a turn the turn is the five of hearts which pairs the bottom card and completes the front door flush so flop was jack five six two hearts turn is the five of hearts and the villain checks and you decide to bet, looks to be around two-thirds. You bet 192 into 296. Tell me about this bet. Um, I do think this bet is definitely more, I don't know, like controversial, I guess, than like the flopsy bet. Sus? Um, is that the... <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I I think like playing this, playing like flush completing turns with value that isn't a flush or like a boat or a set or something is definitely um, like a tricky part of the game tree. I think 
in general though, especially when I don't have a heart, I lean just towards value betting my hand almost as if like the um as if like the flush hadn't completed. Um don't think I get check raised here often enough by non-flushes to like really I don't know, be scared of like getting check raised bluff here you know, off of a hand like aces. So um, villain check jams and you're just folding? Probably, which is pretty sick, but eh. I don't know. I probably tell myself, oh, it's blind versus blind. I can call down a little lighter. Call down a little lighter here. Maybe they have a few more bluffs. But in general, I think I, I would be pretty happy to fold like a hand like aces that just uh, is like rarely, rarely going to improve um, uh, on this board. And I called John. Like, uh, there, there's no way that you're happy folding aces. Like that's that's too much. <laughs> that's a step okay. too far. I mean, I, I, like. Happy in the sense that, like, I know that I get to the spot with, like, lots of hands that I can't call. Like, I just have, like, flushes and, I guess, in this case, like, boats and hands that have, like, aces with a heart or something like that um, that are, can, like, very easily or very comfortably call versus a jam. And so, I don't know, I, I guess what I was saying by, like, happily folding aces meant that, like, just knowing that, you know, I'm not folding everything in the spot. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like... I I don't know if folding aces is advisable here. Like, yeah. villain right. could jam worse. Like that's that's right, right. the the what makes it a problematic for me. Um, and I think that you know I I don't exactly know how many combos of flushes they have, but some combos of their flushes start four betting pre flop. Oh, so like oh. they're right, limited. You're gonna say check raise flop. Well, both, right? Like some four bet pre and then some check raise flop. So like there is some removal there. So I don't know how many flushes they have. Um, but I think getting check raise here on the turn once you polarize is prob probably a low frequency event. I agree. Kind of either way. Like even if villain has like queen 10 of hearts, I don't know that they're just going to check jam facing this big bet because like it's quite easy to imagine you're uh, you just have a lot of air balls or bluffs that want to put the last bet on, in on the river. So, like, yeah, I actually don't think you get check raise a ton here on the turn. Um, so, yeah, just even diving diving deep into, like, what you do versus a check raise is probably, like, much ado about nothing. Just such a rare thing to face. Um, and Villain does call. but But that does sort of play into the river, too, of, like, whether or not you should be going for value yeah. in that yeah, yeah. villain does have slow plays here on the turn. Like they, they do have flushes. Um, it's not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, maybe they have boats too, I guess like six is full, um, but not as many boats as flushes. Uh, the river is the king of clubs and villain checks. And now your action, there's, you know, the SPR is a little bit under one. There's 681 in the pot. Villain has 659 and you have 659. So tell me about, you know, tell me what you're thinking here on the river. Yeah, I thought this decision was pretty close in game. I think now that like close between just jamming and uh, going for value versus just checking back aces, um, it's a little bit tougher to get called by like, some of the strongest hands on the flop and turn now like I, it's like tough for me to imagine like a hand like ace jack or queen jack or uh you know top pair on the flop and turn being like super happy about stacking off um 
are as happy about stacking off now as as they were like as they would be on like an undercard river. Um, Why? I don't know. Like some of my some of my bluffs are now have like just gotten there. Yeah, you got to jam them right, like on the have, on the river. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have so, like ace king, you've got to like right both get there and jam them too. Which I I don't know that you jam king queen ace king hmm. king ten. So I, like I what I'm saying is I don't think the threat of a king is like mm, a super scary threat. Like I just right. don't think it's like a super scary card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can I can. I can get on board with that. I guess like what I'm doing now is just like sort of explaining what was going through my head in game. Um, and yeah, I just thought like and once the king peeled on the river, I was like, oh man, it's like tougher to get called by like some of his jack X. Uh, wasn't really thinking too hard about like the fact that maybe I don't jam some of my like naked king X hands that get to the river in this way. Um, and then also like you said, like it's not it's not unreasonable for the small blind to check call flushes on the turn. Um, and uh, I obviously wouldn't expect them to fold any type of flush on the river. So yeah, I, I did decide to check back aces. Um, I don't know yeah. about that. Well, I think that like, I guess two two things. Like firstly, um, yeah, I know you're describing your thought process <laughs> like in game, right? Yeah, yeah. That's sort of why I'm like interjecting and like challenging each point of that thought process right um so that yeah so that like there are other things to think about here on the river in the future um and the fact that you check back aces um actually does prove a little bit of my point that like the king is not ultra threatening because you've got a jam with your ace king and like you're checking back aces right so like you're not actually jamming ace king for value here on the river right. um so yeah just think it's like important to to really check the the how threatening a card is as it relates to you know their calling threshold here like i think ace jack it looks like a scare card doesn't mean it actually is a scare card well yeah and like because you you polarize on the turn like regs are smart enough to realize that like you polarize on the turn, so you're just going to have like good hands, like high equity hands, and then low equity hands. And so, like the king may upgrade some of those low equity hands, but then you've also got to jam the king, which you know it would would be quite thin, right? So, like I just don't think it's like a, a major threat. Um, so, yeah. But with that said, I, I'm not sure. You know. I, to figure out this spot, we need to know how many combos of flushes they get to the river here with, and then how many hands they have to call your river bet with as well, right? To kind of see if jamming for value makes sense. Um, intuitively, intuitively, it's close. I mean, like, I think we, the easier part of that kind of ask to figure out whether we, we can jam this hand or not is like, what worse hands can we expect to get called by? Yeah. And I don't know the answer, right? Yeah. Like, it King just jack depends. It's like the only one. Well, I mean, any jack, right? Like, I think that's kind of where you have to start is like any jack. Like, how many jacks does villain have? And then how often will they call the river on, on the king? And I don't really know the answer. You know, it's depends like at what, if, if you ask like different 
if you ask me that question at different phases of my poker career, I'm likely to give you many different answers. Uh, I'm sure that like there are many phases where like I'm not folding a jack when you jam the river. Like I'm just not going to do it, right? Like um, especially if they have like the ace of hearts, right? Like um, or queen jack with the queen of hearts maybe also is probably just not going to fold. Um, but then, you know, I know that there are lots of regs that can overfold in this spot as well and just fold a bunch of their jack X and not really think twice about it. So yeah, it just kind of depends on the human that you're battling against, um, and the population that you're battling against. So I don't hate the check back. Uh, I understand like it makes a lot of sense, but I don't love it either. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. it I, I don't know. Um, it's just kind of tough to know whether or not you should be going for value here. I think if you have the ace of hearts, I don't know how much it changes. I mean, you do block some of the nut flushes, but I mean, does that matter when they're never folding any flush? Well, I think they raise some of their nut flushes on the flop too. So like, I don't know how much it moves the needle by blocking them. Uh, I, I think like, I guess the, the place that I'll land on here is you should probably be jamming, especially like in a loose formation versus a reg where like, you know, we could be three betting fairly light and we've probably got a fair amount of like triples here that, you know, they could conceivably call down against. Um, if it's a tighter formation, then maybe don't go for value. Maybe do. I, I'm not sure. But like, I just think that like there's a, you've told a story where villain can talk themselves into a call on the river with a Jack. Um, given okay. the current dynamic, I think in the pool that you play in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would struggle to hold the Jack on the river facing jam. So, yeah, I, th I think lots of people would like, I think just lots of players in the pool would. Um, so, you know, ultimately I, I think it's just a kind of a judgment call. And I, I don't think that like you missed out on crazy amounts of value here. Uh, but you know, I'm tend to be fairly greedy by nature. So yeah, I probably just stick it in and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds crazy, but I understand it's not, it's not as as punty as it sounds <laughs> i mean yeah I mean, it sounds pretty punty <laughs> i just put the money in and hope for the hope i get some back like enough of the time i mean philosophically speaking right like isn't yeah, that yeah, yeah. What, what we do every time we value bet like we put the money in and hope for the best like unless you have the nuts on the river yeah but sometimes like, usually when you're value betting you, you have like some idea of like okay these this is like the types of hands that i can reasonably expect to get called by that are worse than mine here we're like I don't know if those hands call. So I'm just going to well, put it in and hope that they can't find the fold with Queen Jack. Right. I think the, the point, though, is that like they have a high availability of hands that can potentially call that we beat, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's many of those types of hands. Whether right. they do or not, I'm not sure. But like at what percentage do they need to start calling versus, you know, folding? Uh, you know, overfolding those types of hands and then only calling with like flushes or boats, right? So like that's sort of, and I mean, if anybody out there thinks that like this is like an exact science, like you're just kind of out of your mind, right? Like you're, 
we are putting the money in to, to the best of our ability. It's just a very close spot. And, and like, I tend to think that villains can hero call here and call more often with hands that aren't flushes. And the fact that they're going to four bet some and check raise the flop with some flushes means they don't have a ton of flushes to begin with here on the river. So like, yeah, just put it in and again, hope for the best. <laughs> Like I spoiled, I did. I did not do that. I checked back the river and got some bad news. Yeah, they have a hand. They have like the perfect hand to <sighs> to call with, right? Like yeah. this is just the perfect hand. So I don't even. I, I think this result is not ultra indicative one way or the other. Um, but anyway, yeah, you you check back and villain had the king jack with the king of hearts, which right, is the result is. I don't know it's it's meaningful to me right i'm like <laughs> i'm like okay like you you know I, I learned a lesson today there are like hands that are you know there there are more hands or there are a decent number of hands that are going to call the riverbed and you you never give those hands a chance to call like you're you're never gonna never getting the max in the spot and you also i guess never really figure out people's thresholds for calling this riverbed like i'm never going to know if queen jack calls or not if i never jam for example well the only way to kind of gauge that is how you think about the spot and you said yourself, like you would have problems folding a jack here on the river, right? Which, you know, tells me that it's not a snap fold, right? There, at some percentage of the time, you're going to call with your jack X. It's non-zero. Um, now, what that percentage is, I'm not exactly sure. But like, that's the first indicator that like villain can call with worse, you know? Um, cool. So hand number one is in the books here. And hand number two, we have another possible to value bet or not to value bet. That is the question. Stick around after the break. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Pre-flop bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your pre-flop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your pre-flop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. John, I wanted to ask you why you decided to invest in a preflop bootcamp. Everything that you had done with me to that point, or I had heard you do, had impressed me. I love the podcast. I accidentally ended up in the poker power hour and loved that. And then I took coaching and then you recommended the boot camp. And at first I didn't think it was, you know, something that would be that valuable. But I was like, everything else has been amazing. So I signed up and then it just blew me away. And what about boot camp blew you away? Like it started off slow. Like I'm learning these ranges and I'm not even understanding what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, as I start to understand what we're doing with the three bets, the four bets, all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh my God, how do I not know this stuff? This is amazing. The more I studied them, I started to understand why they were constructed sometimes. Like I'd be like, that's why that's like that. 
And that would lead to more revelations and just a better understanding of poker in general. Do you have any interesting takeaways from your boot camp experience? The most interesting thing about the boot camp, it's a pre-flop boot camp, but I feel like it's done as much for my post game as it did for my pre-game, just because I'm not in as many awkward and bad situations as I found myself in. You know, when we were doing coaching before the boot camp, we couldn't get through 10, 15 minutes of tape without finding mistake after mistake. And then once we did the boot camp, it solved problems on the back end as well. I know you've studied for a thousand hours this year. How do you think boot camp compares to your other poker study? Oh, it's crazy. The boot camp is probably the most important thing I've done all year out of everything. I would give anything to go back and to, to know that stuff 10 years ago. I can't imagine how successful I'd be right now if I had known that stuff. And I thought the boot camp was so valuable that I literally insisted you take more money from me and paid you more for the boot camp because I was blown away. I just thought the price was too cheap. And it's changed my game in ways that I, I can't even explain to you. If you'd like to join the next round of Preflop Bootcamp, which starts on the last Saturday of every month, head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp to lock up your spot. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. All right, welcome back from the break. We got another hand here where going to see whether or not John goes for it or finds the value path um, in today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. So why don't we just dig right into the action? So 200 big blinds deep cutoff versus button. Um, I think the cutoff is likely a reg. It opens to $25. I three bet the ace king of spades on the button to 80. The cutoff four bets to 205. Uh, a little bit small given how deep we are. And I mean, it's a little bit small even if we were 100 big blinds deep. Um, definitely at this stack depth though, I'm, I'm probably not going to have a five bet range and just going to be calling all four bets. So basically of spades is going to go into the call bucket. All right. So it's in the call bucket. We get a flop with that. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I've seen worse. Uh, ace of hearts, seven of hearts, five of spades. So you flop top pair, top kicker with the back door, nut flush draw. Yep. Villain bets quarter pot. Pretty anticipated sizing used by villain. Yeah, nothing surprising here. I mean, I just can't imagine folding the flop or the turn. <laughs> Probably not the river even at this point. So, yeah, the flop. The yeah, I, I think folding folding the flop is yeah. I, I couldn't imagine that either, unless yeah. like I don't. I mean, you bet and then you paused as if you expected me to. The the available option would be like if you're ever going to raise or just going to be calling, and I think you yeah. know I, I don't think raising is advised, so calling is just a natural path. Um, now. We get the tray of clubs. So ace of hearts, seven of hearts, five of spades, tray of clubs. There's 635 in the pot, and we've got around 1,800 left. Um, and the villain goes ahead and bets 
pretty close to exactly half pot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Still same story on the flop. Can't imagine doing much else but calling. So just going to call with this very, very strong hand. Yeah. For the YouTube YouTube listener, you're going to get your face in your frame, John. You're, oh, sorry, sorry. You're, you're like half half in, half out. These <laughs> Act like you've done this before, man. Come on. <laughs> this is only my 50th episode. <laughs> uh so yeah again like probably not going to be raising i would imagine facing this this bet on the turn setting up you know it's not setting up exactly um spr under one but pretty close to having one bet left on the river a little bit more than one uh one bet left Mm -hmm. so yeah again don't think you're ever raising here right uh correct so the river is a queen which promotes villains ace queen to top two pair there's 12 67 in the pot and our villain politely wraps the table with their knuckles and checks now the action is on you here to value bet or not to value bet that is the question yeah, so I can tell you in game, like what I was thinking um, was that the cutoffs range once he goes bet bet check is going to be comprised of like two types of hands. The first step is just going to be bluffs that have, for whatever reason, given up and don't want to put the rest of the money in on the river. Um, hands like missed heart draws or just some like random king jack, king ten um, type hands that they use as four bet bluffs preflop. And then uh, the value portion of their like bet bet check range is going to be like hands that are like so strong have like the top of the board so locked up hands like aces or ace queen um that block a significant portion of my calling range and therefore like perform better as like check and bluff catch type hands and just let me you know bomb off my heart heart type hands or eight six of you know whatever like whatever bluffs that i have given that they block um you know the types of hands that uh, they would expect me to call with. So I thought that given that those were the two types of hands they have and, and the, you know, neither of those, neither of those groups of hands are, are going to call a value bet for me. Um, I just decided to check back the river. Yes. This was the theme of this show, by the way, the hidden theme within the theme of you being a terrible coward, just a scared ah. Scared little baby here on the river checking back. At least this time, I know that they can't have like the King Jack or like the, the two <laughs> pair. That's like just a disaster to misvalue from. Yeah. So to me, there's two options, right? Like I think the first option is the one that you took where you just kind of check back and see whether or not you won. Um, and then the other option is betting small um, to induce. So betting small to give villain an opportunity to put the last bet in. Um, there's 1267 in the pot. There you have 1451 behind. So there is enough depth to bet small, like bet, you know, quarter pot, I think. Three ten-ish, something like that. Um, to give villain an opportunity to check raise with like their whatever hands that they bombed twice with, maybe like eight, nine. Um, or just some random cards, <laughs> like just you know some 
double barrels. Maybe he barrels, just has like, like King Queen that like River showed King Queen, now Queen Jack. To, like, turn itself, yeah. Yeah, King Queen, Queen Jack, Queen Ten, um, King Jack, Jack Ten. Like maybe, nah. It once they bet the turn like half pot, it's kind of like we can. I think we can eliminate like Ace Jack and Ace Ten. I, I think like it's just. I don't, I don't think those hands are getting four bet a lot anyways. Right. So like it's hard for them to have like a worse ace. Right. Um, and so like, again, you know, we have to kind of analyze the threat of villain having strong hands here and like the strong hands that could potentially check would be ace queen. And to be honest, like we don't even really know that ace queen bets the turn every time. Right. Like they may not bet the turn every time they may. Um, and then aces. And again, I think aces, there's only one combo. But I don't know that a- that one combo of aces makes it to the river here in this path every single time. Like, they could what check. you expect to do differently? I mean, check they could the check turn. the turn. Yeah, yeah, okay. They, they could bet smaller on the turn. Like, um, they could bet the river. Like, they could bet small on the river. I mean, you know, sure. th- there's just a lot of options that they have with that one combo of aces. Um, so I don't know how viable the threat is of like how many combos villains make it here with that are better hands than ace king. Um, they, you know, could clearly have ace king themselves, but they're not check raising the river with ace king. They're check raising with like aces, ace queen. I, I think ace five suited is an interesting one. I don't think ace five suited check raises all in on the river facing a bet. What do you think about ace five suited? That'd be a close one. Maybe finds a check raise versus like the quarter pot on the river thinking that I, I probably don't bet, you know, I'd probably just go bigger with my ace queen plus type hand. So maybe finds a check raise versus the small size. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's in general, it's just going to ace five suit is just going to be happy to check call, especially once the queen pair, uh, peels on the river. Well, they had, they're at the same you know, inflection point, right? Where they've got to think to themselves once they face a small bet, like, do I get called by worse yeah. if I check raise jam? Yeah. And I mean, I can say like, like, what would you do with ace five there? Facing a small bet? Yeah. I'd be really tempted to jam. I would, I would just, I'd, I'd have like trouble giving the imposition player credit for like finding a quarter pot with a set or ace queen and just think that like okay hopefully we can just get them to call off with like ace king or ace jack suited or something thinking that I, they're worth catching i think that's so so much thinner than betting the river here with ace king like i, I think it's like you know yeah I, it is definitely thinner but i'm just again like i would just be so i would just rely so much on the fact that i don't think that they they find the quarter pot with top set or top two. Yeah. Well, given the two data points that we've seen in today's episode, I'm going to call. <laughs> I'm going to call that you're happy to jam the ace five here. I, no, I'm, I not like, I'm not like jumping for joy or like jamming the ace five. <laughs> Again, I think it's like a close spot. It's like jamming the aces. Like it's like we just you put it in and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, using using that line, huh? Bringing, bringing that one back. Um, put it in, hope for the best. Uh, I'm I'm less convinced about jamming with Ace Five. Honestly, I would just call versus the small bet. I think, um, yeah, just at this depth, I do think that like villain could bet small to induce and like will fold. 
um, the hand, a lot of the hands that I beat, you know, like ace jack, ace 10, maybe ace king is kind of tough. Like, in, like we should have sevens here. We should have ace queen. Um, you don't have a five betting range, so we should have aces too. Uh, I think that by the river, you've probably folded queens. Probably. Yeah. Um, so we don't have queens. So anyway, it's close. Um, yeah, I, I would just bet small and like try to induce and then just kind of call all in with the ace king, thinking that like... You don't think other have... people are calling with the ace kings and the ace jacks? That's why you don't like... I mean, if you thought other people were going to play that way too, wouldn't you be pretty happy about jamming the ace five? I mean, I've, I've learned through playing poker for quite a while that like just because I think about a hand in yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. way doesn't mean that everybody thinks about the hand in the, in the same way. And like that's a... Just like a lesson that gets beaten into your brain like over and over and over and over again through many reps. Um, so like just because I think about this spot in that way, to me, doesn't mean that like my opponent will think about the spot in the same way. So like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> no, it's, it, I mean <laughs> It's good to challenge these things, right? Like, I think it's it's okay to challenge these things. Um, but yeah, like, if I had... So when I have top-end value, right? Like, let's go into that. Because like, if I have ace-queen, if I have a set of aces, if I have sevens, um, I take the same path. I bet small on the river to induce. Like, there's no way that I'm going for a big bet with aces when like we just block all the possible hands villain has to call like the best way to make money in that spot is to let them put the last bet in with some of some of the the lower equity hands that they make it to the river with yeah i think that's that i mean i think out of this whole episode of tactical tuesday that's the thing that i will probably take away um and i think it's like most important for me to take away is like seeing that option on the river uh, not only with a hand like Ace King, but like even with like the super nutted hands, I think I generally just bet too large and don't don't even really think about like inducing from like the bottom of the range, basically. Yeah, I mean, when you bet big, like you're targeting some hands in the range, yeah. right? Like hands that can call. Whereas, like the reality is, they probably make it to the river with a fair amount of hands, and only very few of them can call. So the only way to maximize value is by letting them put the last bet in. And so how do we go about letting them put the last bet in? We bet small to induce um, a river jam from those type of hands, right? Okay. I'll cool. Try doing that or try seeing that more often now. Well, you check behind um, and oh, yeah, the result. Yeah, the result is villain had the queen nine of hearts. So I think you got kind of unlucky in a sense. Well, <laughs> kind of unlucky in the sense that like villain river to pair because I'm quite certain they're probably i'm quite certain they're going to be bluffing this hand if they don't river a pair um but then i guess you did get kind of lucky and fading it wasn't the heart, heart. <laughs> yeah F fading the heart that that would have been kind of sad so yeah i think i think this hand is kind of in the category of hand that like is probably pretty happy turning itself into a bluff by the way like right. blocking or the same thing as king queen right it's like oh yeah we river showdown but I don't know if I can call. They probably have a lot of ASEX when they bet this size, so I'm just going to jam and hope they fold their ace jack some other time. Right, because I block top two, which is like, right. Right. which is like the danger. You know, that's like the major fear here is that like, 
um, villain has top two and like when they have a queen seems seems like it makes sense um, to jam but all right thank you for listening to this episode of tactical tuesday as i mentioned last week if you want to hop in greatness village go to greatnessvillage.com join the community post some hands get in the mix interact with me john and the rest of the villagers whose stories you've heard on the podcast and we will what do we do next week thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.